Well, hello, I'm Dom, and I'm the host of Horror House, True Crime and the Macabre. Horror House, True Crime and the Macabre is a delectable delight of true crime and the macabre, sprinkled with just the right amount of that dry British humour. Horror House can be found anywhere that you listen to podcasts and is on Instagram at Twitter at horrorhouse underscore pod and on Facebook at horrorhousepod. Episodes are released weekly on a Friday or as weekly as studying full-time and working part-time allows. So why don't you make a brew and come join me as I weave tales of horror and discomfort. Until next time, stay spooky. Hey guys! And we are together. We are, once again. Surprise! (laughs) I just ate a sip of my green drink. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's new? No, not what's new with me. What's new with you? Well. How's B-Town? How's life? Branson is just everything you could ask for. You got the blue yeah. hairs. You got the the Branson strip. Yeah. I mean, it's just a blasty blast. Right? No. I, uh... Loving my job. Yeah. <laughs> Running and sand all day. Right? Right? Yeah, no. Dancing and singing Dancing and all and the fun things. Flashing my skirt like this. <laughs> it's just living the dream. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, she moved back yes. to Branson. And uh, she has a job at? At Dolly Parton Stampede. I'm a dancing and hoedowns and... <laughs> It's uh, it's a blast. So yeah, yeah. come see me and don't ask me for tickets. Yep. Right. I tried and she <laughs> didn't give them to me. So <laughs> true. Actually, that's a true story. Um, you know, that's really all I wanted to talk about was, was my job. Life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, just everything about Caden. Just chasing chickens. Um, <laughs> corralling horses. I hoedown in. She's a profess- professional hoedowner. I'm also front and center hoedowner. She is. So, everybody just look out. Honestly, <laughs> I don't even know what my life is right now. Sometimes I like reflect, and after about 30 seconds of reflecting about yeah. where I am and what I'm doing, I'm like, you know, let's like move on. Like, yeah. Let's think about the weather. Or You're something. like, wait, do I really want to do this? Yeah, right. No, it's. <laughs> It's a, it's fun. It's just different than anything I've ever done in my life. And I think Can't even most imagine. performers probably would say the same thing. Yeah. But it's, it's a fun show. It's Good. Branson's most popular show actually. So, so she's kind of like the big thing in kind town. Kind of a big deal. So look for my face on billboards, guys. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm okay. a cowgirl now. What that's else? it. Um, I don't know. What else is going on? Um, honestly, nothing. Yeah. That's really it. I know. Wow. Well, we're boring today. Sorry, guys. Sorry. We don't have a lot of news, so I guess we'll just get right in it. Also, if you guys see me itching my... (laughs) There's a lot of sand in my hair. (laughs) (laughs) And I do wash it, but I think it just gets so dry from the sand. It's like itchy. sticking to your scalp. Yeah, I'm basically part sand. 75% 75% water, as we learned in the moon episode. We did. And then 10% sand, which leaves 15% for, like, blood and organs. Everything else. Yeah. That's what so, she is. Yeah. In case y'all wanted water, to Water, sand, blood, and organs. That's it. That's, That's it. it. 
Um, so our something spice. Ooh, it's something new today. Yeah, we are drinking mimosas. So we yes. have some La Marca Prosecco. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I Alexis heard me complain about this all morning, but last night I like did some binge eating, but just strictly with pretzels. And it was what kind of pretzels? Dots pretzels, the honey best. mustard, and yeah, I feel so disgusting and sick. Yeah. So I'll now I'm drinking alcohol. On top now of she's all drinking that. mimosas. I so, mean, you have vitamin C, yeah. so it should help you. You'll be fine. Testing your ratio. No, you nailed it. Did I? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> so that's our something spiked. Yeah. So uh, drink along, of course, if you are 21 and up. Um, also, we are talking about Dennis Rader, a.k.a. BTK. Um, before we do our disclaimer, do you know our drinking word today? Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to go with something like generic. Okay. Like the word, um, like torture. Would that work? Yeah, that would work. Torture or maybe, um, I don't know, what are your thoughts? I didn't really know. So BTK, bind, torture, kill. Okay, so, so that's just, probably a good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That'll work. So if you hear the word torture, take a sip of your drink. Um, if you are drinking an alcoholic beverage, be prepared to get drunk. Woo! <laughs> So, our videos and podcasts are for entertainment purposes. All information discussed was found on the internet. Keep in mind, we will talk all things sinister that may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. I'm so ready. Classic. It is. Classic. classic. It is such a wild story. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. it's so Also, this crazy. might be a two-parter for you guys. Yeah. We don't Probably know yet. Will. Probably will, but yes. Okay. So, Dennis Lynn Raider, a.k.a. BTK, bind, torture, kill. First Woo! drink of the episode. Is an American serial killer who killed more than 10 people. Well, he only says he killed 10 people, but investigators think he killed more. Okay. Um, in the Wichita, Kansas area between 1974 and 1991. Uh, Dennis is a Pisces. He is still alive, FYI. Um, I don't think I knew that. Yep, he's still in prison. Oh, shit. Um, Dennis is a Pisces. Uh, I thought this was very interesting. Ranker.com says Pisces serial killers are known for being scatterbrained, aimless, and indecisive, but they also have a very large, mysterious imagination, which we've kind of talked a lot about that with Pisces yeah. anyway. Um, as you know, your lady, that Delphine, mm-hmm. huge, mysterious, fucked up imagination. Oh, yeah. Um, it also said Pisces are imprinted by those who surround, who they surround themselves with. Um, and violent, problematic habits tend to follow them from childhood into adulthood. Oh, shit. Yeah, which is really weird when we talk about Dennis's childhood and mm-hmm. everything. Um, it also says they tend to go through multiple career paths in life. And the Pisces that are born in March instead of February typically have unstable professional lives who hop from job to job while they commit their crimes. That so. makes sense because I 
Aren't, aren't, am I on the Pisces Aries cusp? You are. And yeah. I definitely hop from job to job. But not while she's committing crimes. <laughs> not while I'm murdering people. Just murdering just like my, my job opportunities. Crazy life happening. <laughs> yeah. You act out with career changes. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to be a clown today. <laughs> Tomorrow I want to be a banker. And then stampede. Then I want to be a professional hoedowner. <laughs> I should have put that on Facebook as really my like should. employment. Yeah, professional you should say professional hoedowner. Oh my god. Oh. Um, I also want to talk about a little bit more just Pisces in general, not just the ones that are serial killers. So outside of Ranker.com, it says Pisces are highly influenced by other people. Like we kind of talked about, um, they tend to work independently or be independent. Um, but they can become obsessive in a very short period of time. Um, active imagination, so their minds are constantly imagining crazy creative visionaries. Um, and they dream about, they daydream about good things and bad, but tend to act on the negative when daydreaming about the negative. So, wow. With Dennis Rader, with BTK, this is key to him. Like, all of these, he is 100% a Pisces yeah. with all the negative traits. Yep. So. We're going to call him the Dennis Downer. Is that a Dennis Downer? <laughs> the Dennis Downer. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Torture Downer. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, drink. Oh. Didn't say it. Got ya. So, Dennis was born March 9th. 1945 to Dorothea May Rader and William Elvin Rader. Um, he was the oldest of four boys, born in Pittsburgh, Kansas, which, as you know, is only 30 minutes away from your hometown. Yep. Go gorillas. Yeah, right. Uh, funny story, I dated a guy from Pittsburgh, Kansas. And did you really? Yeah, I did. He was a little crazy. So, um, what if I know him? There's probably like something in the water out there. I, I don't know. That makes people kind of crazy. If you're from Pittsburgh, Kansas, let us know. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Are you crazy? Just stay away. <laughs> yeah, just stay away. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so his father was a Marine. He served in World War II. Um, and he later worked for the Kansas Electric Department. Uh, Mom, Dorothea, was a bookkeeper for a local grocery store, so an accountant. Mm -hmm. um, both parents worked a lot. Dennis said uh, later in life, you know, that his parents paid very little attention to him and his siblings and were never home. Um, so he felt that his parents, but particularly his mom, resented him. And the other kids, which turned to resentment to her. Yeah. So, um, it is said, though, and I've got to do air quotes on this, that he grew up in a normal home with normal parents and normal being a normal kid. And that's literally what everything talks about. Every research, all research that you do, every story that you listen to says he was just a normal kid doing normal things and hmm. a normal family. So his childhood is such a mystery when it comes to being like, why did he become the way that he is? Yeah, and Pittsburgh, I mean, I don't know what it was like 
during the time he was growing up, but it's just like a small college farm town. Yeah. Like there's real. it's not like Other a city the where there's like there's a lot like of nothing there. Yeah. There's not yeah. a whole lot of room for getting in trouble. Right. Unless it's like, I guess. Cow tipping. Cow tipping <laughs> or like meth. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, shortly after, you know, birth, uh, a couple years later, they moved to Wichita, Kansas. So he primarily was raised in Kansas, Wichita, Kansas. Sorry, not just Kansas, but... Um, the entire state. Yes. And, you know, all the research again said that he was a normal kid. He was part of Boy Scouts. He was heavily involved in his church with his parents and his family. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of crazy. Um, he ended up going to Riverview Elementary School. And at school, he was kind of subpar. Like, his grades were CD average. Um, he didn't fail anything, but he wasn't the smartest kid. He was very introverted and withdrawn. Um, didn't really do any sports, didn't have a lot of friends, and at the at the age of 10 years old, he developed a fascination in domination, bondage, and torture. Okay, wait. You're 10. Mm -hmm. So who is he? That is the million dollar question. No one knows what he, what he was knows. binding or... Well, he wasn't binding anything at this time. He just grew this fascination. Oh. He like... would clip like BDSM, like pornographic photos of like women that were bonded or in like rape, like fantasy type pornographic magazines Yikes. at 10 years old. Porn is traumatizing to any child, whether it's, like, you even yeah. see, like, your parents kissing at 10, and you are... Or if you walk you in on your parents, you're like, oh, <laughs> what, what did I just see? <laughs> did you ever yeah. walk in on your parents? Yes. Did you really? Yeah. I never have. Oh, I yeah. Did. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> or I walked in on my sister once. <laughs> oh, wait, I think you told me that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forever remember that in my mind. God. It's a terrible memory. I but wish I could black it out. Can you imagine like stumbling upon something like that? As a at ten, yeah. I wouldn't even know what I was looking at except right. that it was bad. Right, and that's kind of the million dollar question. It's like, why and how did he grow this obsession at such a young age? Yeah. Hmm. So um Dr. Tony Ruark, a forensic psychologist who interviewed um, Dennis in prison, said, quoted, if Raider was completely honest, which he is not, I'm sure that we would find some sort of childhood event that Raider immediately associated with feelings of sexuality. Somehow, very early on, Raider encountered an event where he immediately linked sexual pleasure with watching a live creature suffer and die. And after that first encounter, Raider probably began to work very hard to nurture those feelings. I'm thinking it had to be something in the church or Boy Scouts. Or even family. Or family. Probably the Boy Scouts, though. I know. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit because it might not be that. Hmm. So, the only thing remotely that I could find that he did see in the household was his mom one time was, like, reaching into, like, the side of the couch, like, to get something that fell through, and her ring got caught, and she couldn't get her hand out, and she was, like, panicking, and Dennis was there, he was, like, 10, 11 years old, and he says, 
at that time, he was aroused seeing his mom suffer, like, and kind of be scared to get her hand out. Oh, that is not where I thought that was going. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, like, she pulled porn out of, like, no. the couch or something. No, he was aroused in seeing how she acted. But obviously, he then, like, went to help her, and she got her hand out, and she was fine. Like, nothing was broken. Yeah. Nothing was hurt. But that is literally the only thing remotely, like, in his childhood that I found. But if you think about that, something had had to happen before that. Something major had to have happened. Exactly. For him to just see that and get around. All of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. So. All of a sudden, all of a sudden. Got it. I was like, why did that sound weird? You're almost there. Oh, you're good. Um, Dennis also admitted at this age, too, he was torturing, killing, and hanging small animals. Ooh. Well, that he definitely learned from the Boy Scouts, because how the fuck does a 10-year-old know how to make a, a noose? Right. Tie knots. Just saying. A little bit later as a teen, uh, he grew an obsession in cross-dressing. Um, so he would dress in women's clothing, spy on women through their windows. He became a peeping Tom. And the windows, or the women that he would spy on, he would steal their clothes and their bras and their panties and wear them at home, watch himself in a mirror, and masturbate. Wait, how old is he? Teenager. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Ugh. Yeah. 1963, uh, he graduated from Wichita Heights High School. Um, he worked at the local local grocery store that his mom was the bookkeeper at. Then three years later, he joined the Air Force. He was kind of like stagnant after high school and was kind of bored. Yeah. So his dad was like, join the military, so he joined the Air Force. And also, he didn't want to be drafted um, into the Korean War or the Vietnam War, too. So he was like, I'll just join the Air Force so that way I can kind of get a job and not have to go into combat but can do something else in the military. Um, while in the Air Force, though, he continued to be a peeping Tom and break into women's houses and steal their bra and panties and oh continue that masturbation cycle. But as he got older, he started bonding himself. So... He would like wrap a noose or wrap a rope or something around his neck to kind of like choke him or bond one of his arms. So, uh, and masturbate. Makes me think of Quagmire from Family Guy. Right. Like you, anyways. Yeah. I, listen, no judgment on your kinks once again, but uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. I, I would panic. I would panic, panic, I would panic. panic. Yeah. Can't, no like, vulnerability here. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. Get me out of it. Yeah, exactly. I like to be in control at right. all times. I do not want to be tied down in any way, shape, or form. I would have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So. Um, May 22nd, 1971, he got married to his wife, Paula. Um, they were heavily involved in their church, and they ended up having two kids, a boy and a girl. Um, 1973, two years later, uh, he enrolled in Wichita State University. He studied criminal justice because he wanted to be a police officer. Why? These, how do, well, I know why he's doing it, but I feel like the military thing is super common with murderers and serial killers, and I'm like, yeah, I know. And now he's doing this on top of it. It's like you've. Killed and tortured animals. You are pe- being a peeping Tom. You're doing these things. It's like, what 
makes you think that you would be a good police officer? Well, because he could get away with torture. Get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to learn all these new skills and Right. I'm sure, I don't know, but I'm assuming back in the 70s, yeah. it's not like they're really being diligent about like mental health checks with who's no. becoming a cop. No, not at all. So, I don't even think mental health was really a big thing. It's like, let's 70s. do a psych evaluation before we like hand over a gun and give people like the rights right. to like protect, quote, their community. Right. Um, he, while in college, he worked at a company called Cessna. It was an airplane manufacturer company, but he was let go at the end of that year. Um, they kind of just didn't need him anymore. So, um, he slipped into a very deep, dark depression where his negative, like, buying torture, kill thoughts overwhelmed him. He became obsessed even more with BDSM pornography, and he even named his penis Sparky. At this time. (laughs) Sparky. Yeah. I want to know how that conversation starts. Like, you know, like you just wake up one day and you're like, you know what, little guy? You need a name. I'm so sick of calling you my penis. You're more than just my penis. You're your own person. Yeah, and better yet, your name's going to be Sparky. Or did he like test out names? Like one day he's like looking at himself and he's like... Greg. Greg. No, Greg's not working. Greg isn't uh, working. Uh, the Terminator. The Terminator. No, that's not working yet. Sparky. Yes. That's, that's it. the name. That's it. That's, that's it. it. God. Dude, I don't know. Well, this is playing into his Pisces thing for sure. Like, being obsessed with, like, the negative right. aspect of his thoughts. Yeah, and the creative, weird imagination. Yeah, and, like, Sparky. on it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Very, very strange. Men, leave us a comment. What leads you to name your penis? And two, why? Why that name? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. We are curious. Your creative thoughts. (laughs) Uh, So the following year, 1974, he got a job at ADT installing security systems. I knew that. Yep. Rumor says he was installing security systems for people who were worried about a serial killer in the area. Now, again, he hadn't actually started killing yet. Uh, I mean, beginning of 1974, he does. But, but uh, as throughout his entire career, customers yeah. were like, yeah, we're getting this installed because there's a serial killer It's the there. 70s. we got to watch our backs. Yep. And needless did they know that the serial killer that was installing the security system... That's so scary. So he's... Yeah. Military, he's police, he's security guy. Wants he's to be a police. Wants to be a police yeah. officer. And now he's like system. all the things that like murderers should not be. Nothing. I think next on the list would be like a doctor and a teacher. Yeah. Right. And a preacher. Right. Well, we're getting there with the preacher. One. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so January 15th, 1974, he committed his first murders. I'm going out with a bang. Uh, because he went out with a bang for his first murders ended up uh, stalking uh, a family and I'm not going to say their name because apparently it's like a really big deal with using their name from what I read um, even though their name is in every article like they sue people is that what you're saying oh okay. yeah um, sued people in the family like just you know yeah it's just not a good deal anyway mm-hmm. um, so he stalked the family but primarily the mom and the 11 year old daughter for weeks he would mm-hmm. follow them Watch him go to the, to the store, to school, you know, whatever the case had been. Um, 
He had what was called a hit kit that he brought with him. Uh, this kit contained a gun, a hood, cords, tape, rope, plastic bags, gloves, and other tools to be able to break into a home. He was planning on doing it later in the afternoon, but he was watching them, and at 8.20 in the morning, he's like, fuck it, I gotta do it, I can't I can't wait any longer. Oh, so geez, 8.20 in the morning. Yep, he entered the backyard, uh, cut the telephone line, um, and broke into the home, and he had planned on just killing the mom and the daughter, uh, but whenever he arrived, the husband and nine-year-old son were home as well. He pulled his gun out, um, but, uh, he pulled his gun out and told the family that he was a criminal on the run and he was just looking for money, food, and a getaway car. And he convinced the family to let him tie them up. He said, I need to tie you up to make it look like I robbed you. I'm not going to hurt you. Just let me tie you up. So the dad, who was a former professional boxer, oh god, allowed it. And the mom practiced judo, so she was kind of a badass. Yeah, they allowed it. Um, he uh, strangled the husband. Then he strangled the son. The mom pled for you know I'll do anything, whatever. He strangled her, and then he had the 11-year-old daughter go down to the basement where he killed her and hung her from a metal pipe from the ceiling. Man. Yeah. What is with that? I feel like this is the third story. I know. That we've talked about daughter, basement, metal pipe hanging. I know. I don't know. It's fucked up. Ugh. Um, the mother, too, worked at a prior company, Coleman, uh, that Dennis had worked at. So um, that's how he knew of them, too, and he grew an obsession with her from years back. Um, investigators say that there was semen found in the house, but no sign of sexual assault, just the tremendous torture that he did to their bodies. Um, and I'll drink to that in a second. Um, the family had three more children. They were older. They came home and found their family dead at the scene, obviously called 911. Uh, Dennis was known to take uh, souvenirs, shall I say, from the houses, too. So he not only took underwear and stuff from the girl and the woman, but he also took the husband's watch. Man, what do they call those? Trophies? Yeah. Prizes, whatever. Um, later in an interview, Dennis was asked why he did what he did to the daughter. Like, yeah. why couldn't you just strangle her like everybody else? Yeah. Why did you have to... Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile, right? And he responded, quoted, I thought it would be interesting to watch her die. Oh, yeah. sick. It is sick. It is. So, um, fast forward three months later, April 1974, he stalked a 21-year-old woman who was also a prior Coleman employee, broke into her house, uh, wasn't expecting her brother to be home, so he kind of sucks at planning these yeah. things because other people are there, pulled out his gun, he shot the brother, but the brother actually lived and escaped the house. He was going to get help. Um, but Dennis tortured the woman, stabbed her to death, and she died. So he, uh, the brother 
got away like before, like like yeah, during during this or like like fake dead and then got oh okay yeah to trying to go to go and get help. Wow, and the balls for him to continue doing what he's doing. Yeah. Despite having someone escape. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Late 1974, Dennis wrote a letter to the police, Wichita Police Department, um, but he didn't deliver the letter directly to the police department. He put it in a book in the Wichita Public Library, and this letter stated, quoted, the code words for me will be bind them, torture them, kill them and then he signed it with BTK I wonder like by placing it in the book I mean it's obviously all a game it's but a like game. did he just stick it back on the shelf and like hope that somebody found yep. it or like turned it in no. and was like here Put it back on the shelf what the heck how yep. did anyone ever find that they did, I don't know. Must have been a popular book. Must have been. He in this letter he also confessed to killing that family too. Um and this is a game that he plays for literally forty years. Actually mm-hmm. like forty one years. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. Because this is seventy four and he doesn't get caught till two thousand five, so Ugh. Yeah. That's ins- Ugh. I know. How? I know. So, continuing between 1974 and 1977, he killed two more women the exact same way. He would, you know, stalk them. He would break into their home. He would torture them. He would bind them. He would kill them. And then he would be on his way. Jeez. So, talking about his M.O.s, particularly women. Mm Mm-hmm. It didn't really matter the age, and you'll hear here in a minute why, but it was from 11 years old up until, like, 60. Um, He would stalk the women. He would then break into their homes, bind, torture, kill, as he would say. He would steal the women's undergarments and other things. He would then dress up as the women to remember what he did to them, and then obviously masturbate to all of this, binding himself. He never left any DNA or evidence that would link him to any one of the crimes. Um, I'm going to take a drink before I read all this. A psychiatrist that interviewed him while he was in prison says, his name is Terrence G. Leary, Dr. Leary, um, quoted, he was terribly cruel to animals as a child. He also engaged in mutilations at some degree. He would torture to a large degree all of his victims. Intense torture. Really, really cruel torture. And he would get some close to death and then revive them so they could live this horrific experience again. He would do that simultaneously. It's not only a very evil, heinous act, but it is driven by someone who is exposed to hate and evil that then can be used. So something is hidden here. This is a puzzle. Not all is meeting the eye here. So I know oh, like three tortures, but yeah. Um wow. The whole like hold things near death only yeah. to revive them and do it over, over again. again. That is sick and twisted. It is sick and twisted. And we're gonna talk a little bit about and like more so why and how, like, how did he learn these behaviors? Yeah. 
How did he learn these traits? What happened? If he came from a normal family and was a normal kid, yeah. no normal fucking human being does this. No, this there's some trauma. Or, right. And other than like or the animal. Deep, I mean, he, there is a possibility too that he did come from a good family but had some deep-seated mental problems that would have been diagnosed or something, which back in those days would have totally have happened. But still, this is intense. Like, if it's mental, if it's all mental, then it's, like, the worst of the worst. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. It's just crazy. Man. Oh, I hate that. I know. So, in 1978, uh, he sent a letter to KAKE television station, like a local news station there in Wichita, claiming the responsibility of everyone that he has killed this far. So seven people in total in four years. Um, He demanded media attention, but he never said demonstrator. He would always say BTK. Mm -hmm. Said that BTK was a serial killer in Wichita. Um, He wrote a poem, too, from... It was called Oh Death to Nancy, which was one of his victims, which is fucked up. Um, which is a parody to a folk song called Oh Death, and you can look that song up. Just look up folk song Oh Death, and you'll kind of hear the tune. Um, and you can look up that poem, too. It's pretty graphic, and it's very long, so that's why I didn't put it in here. But mm-hmm. uh, he also claimed to be driven by Factor X, and if you don't know what Factor X is, it also uh, motivated the, the other killers, like Jack the Ripper, Son of Sam, and the Hillside Strangler. Uh, basically, Factor X, they say, is like a genetic blood disorder that creates a, a predator. Like, it's a mutation of DNA that creates a predator, um, and they blame God. So, a lot of these serial killers, like Son of Sam, Jack the Ripper, and even uh, BTK, are blaming God for creating them the way that they are, and essentially cause calling Factor X, like, their demon possession. So, Factor X isn't a scientific thing. I mean, it, it kind of... It kind of is. There's research saying that there is a DNA blood mutation, but it doesn't make people crazy, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. But well, it's kind it of is, like saying there are people who are just simply depressed that commit murder. Exactly. But it doesn't mean that that was like scientifically, because there's obviously yeah. millions of people with depression who don't do any harm to right. themselves or to others. Exactly. So it's like... Yeah. Almost kind of blaming a DNA deformity. It or is. Something. There was a study that I read that it did say that people that claim to have this factor X like blood mutation disease tend to be criminals in some sort of way. So Jesus. it didn't say that they were violent criminals, mm-hmm. but they do commit crimes. Hmm. So I thought that was a little interesting because, you know, here you have. And I know a lot of these serial killers, they're all master manipulators, they're all narcissists, you know, all they think about is themselves, but maybe there is something wrong with them, so. Man, yikes. I know. Um, That's deep. But it sounds like in their explanation, it's more of like a, it didn't sound like the whole blaming God and everything aspect. I was like, wait, is this a real thing, or is this like a... 
Dennis was blaming God. The others were just saying, like, God made me this way. Type oh, of thing. okay. Like, Dennis is blaming God, and we'll kind of talk a little bit more about that. But 1979, he graduated from Wichita State with his bachelor's in criminal justice. So, still in school this <laughs> whole time. Did he did it, right? Again, he wanted to be a police officer, even though he didn't, <sighs> like, fulfill that dream of his. Um, and fast forward to the next year in the early 80s, 8081, a woman filed a restraining order against him for stalking her. Mm. Police were like, hey, cut it out, leave her alone, quit following her type of thing. He was like, listen, I'm not following her. I don't give a shit. So anyway, I have a degree, they didn't, yeah, I have a degree in criminal, criminal justice. Whatever. I want to be a police officer. Right. Uh, but they didn't put two and two together because... He never left any evidence or literally anything to make him be a suspect, which is wild. Uh, fast forward to April of April 27th, 1985. So eight years after his last murder, eight years after his last wow. murder, which granted, I think I, I, I think I read in 1978, his daughter was born, which was his first child. So that would kind of make sense timing-wise that, like... Well, a lot know, of these serial killers that go on, like, yeah. not caught, right. when they have families, exactly. they take a break from it. Because the do. Golden State Killer was like that, too. Right. He had, right. like, a 10-year gap, but he also yep. had kids and, like, a job change and, like, right. other things to occupy his... His mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he murdered his neighbor, literally next door neighbor, um, in her home. She was 58 years old. Um, he obviously bound her, tortured her, and then he killed her. And he took her body to his church where he was the president of the church. I wonder, this guy is clearly like, top-notch narcissist most of them are but yes. this guy is like flaunting it he is i wonder how these guys react like when they see like the news especially if it's like across the street like how do you yeah. watch the news with your wife and kids like yeah. do you act shocked do you are act you brave are you yeah <laughs> popping a sparky's popping yeah. up and playing <laughs> like sparky is ready to play he's like sparky's oh. ready to spark he's like down boy we can't do it in front of the family <laughs> But, like, like, I know. There was one, and I forget who it was. Like, he'd watch himself on TV and be, like, interested. And he, people thought that was weird. Yeah. Do you remember who that was? Was it Golden State Killer? I think it was Golden State. When, and so. Yeah. But yeah. surely some of them put on their acting face and they're like, oh, we got to make sure our doors are locked at night and take care of the kids. Mm -hmm. Our neighbor just got killed. Right. I don't know. I know, right? So, he took her body to the church. Um, he photographed her nude body in various bondage positions. I mean, she's 58. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. I know. It's so sad. Uh, he, at the church, and again, like, this just tells you how premeditated and planned he was. He stored, like, black plastic, like, tarps uh, at the church and other materials to prep for this murder and to prep to get rid of her body. Um, so it's rumored that he planned to kill her for over a year. Like he plotted every second of this. Um, he wrapped her body in the tarp and then he dumped her body in a remote location, like in a ditch. But he called this plan Project Cook. 
cookie. Ew. I know. Why? Because she's I an old lady? Maybe. Well, she's 58. Maybe she's she not made them cookies. I know. That was a terrible bad joke. But. Sorry, I was burping too at the same time. <laughs> so. Maybe she Maybe. made him cookies. I didn't read like I tried to look up why he called it Project Cookie, but I couldn't find it. Maybe she had like a nickname. Maybe her nickname was, was Cookie. cookie. Yeah. That's kind of strippery. It is kind of strippery. <laughs> she could have been a stripper. Maybe that's Maybe why. Maybe she was a stripper. Maybe that's why. Who knows? Uh, fast forward to the next year, he killed a 28-year-old mother of two. Again, same thing: bind, torture, kill. All the same things. Took photographs of her body and kept them. Did you say he took pictures of the body in the church or in her home? In the church. Wow. In the church. Jeez. Asking for forgiveness at the same damn time. Anyway. I wonder if he got it. Ah! <laughs> Apparently, if you, according to the Bible, the yeah, Bible forgives. So, um, I don't know. 1988, uh, he wrote a letter talking about another murder of a family involving three family members. Um, this letter, again, was written to the Wichita, State Pol or Wichita Police Department. He stated he did not kill this family, but credited the killer, stating that they did an admirable work. No, you Holy still got shit. it wrong. Admirable work. <laughs> Admirable? Admirable. Or admiral. Admirable. Yeah. Admirable. <laughs> God, Word of talk. the day. Admirable. God. Admirable work. And then he signed it BTK. Wow. And when he would up. sign these, he would say BTK, but he would also put like bind, torture, kill. Like as a reminder. Yeah, as a reminder because people already didn't know, but he credited that killer's work. But it was him. Mm-mm. Oh, the no, other... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The it was other, the other guy. Sorry, I was him. still stuck on the 58-year-old yeah. cookie. Yeah, cookie. <laughs> uh, three years later, later, January 19th, 1991, his final victim was a 62-year-old woman. Um, he obviously stalked her, broke into her home. He strangled her as well. Bind, torture, kill, all the same things. That was his final victim in 1991. 91, and by the 90s, we had DNA testing. We did, but there was no DNA that connected him to this. Wow. So, all of these cases, all of these murders were cold cases. They had no idea who BTK was. Mm -hmm. They knew of BTK. They got all these letters. They're like, this guy wants to be caught. It's like a game to him. Yeah. It's like um, the movie um, The Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, that's obviously a different killer. It's yeah. not BTK related, but they kind of did the same thing. They signed it. They said what they did. They said where it was. They said all the details, but nobody could figure it out. Yeah. It was all a puzzle, game, all a game. code. It was. Poems or whatever. Yep. yep. And we're going to talk a lot about that, but I do want to talk about him first as a dad and a husband because this is just fucking wild. So his daughter, Carrie, um, says he was a family man. He was the president of the church, as we obviously already know. He was a Boy Scout troop leader and an oh, Air Force Jesus. veteran. So this is why I don't think 
if he's going to lead Boy Scouts as a father, especially for his son, if he was abused, why would he put his son through that? Because he was a loving, caring well, father. But he could protect his son if he was there. That is true. I didn't think about that. He could protect his son and not yeah. abuse his son. and Or not let the abuse happen if he knows. Because apparently if the Boy Scouts is... If you, you know. think about like the manipulation side of things, it's like... Well, my son was there. I couldn't have done all these things. Like, my son was there as proof. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. A so, lot could go wrong there. A lot could go wrong. Uh, daughter Carrie also says, quote, If we had an endling that my father had harmed anyone, let alone murdered anyone, let alone ten people, we would have gone screaming out the door to the police station. We were literally living our normal life. Normal. That's the key word for this family. We looked like a normal American family because we were a normal family. And then everything appended on us. And she said that she communicated with her father uh, whenever he was arrested just via letters. But still to this day, she's never seen him in prison. Well, I don't blame her. But I would, I, I'm too Can curious you, of a person, I would have to. Like, I'd be like, sit down and tell me everything. Well, right, and if you have such a great relationship with your father before. Yeah. Like, I was looking up, like, pictures of him and his kids, mm -hmm. and he's there all the time. I mean, there's pictures from infancy to when she's graduating college and her brother's, like, yeah. all of that. And it's just so... Crazy how engaged of a person he was to his family, a different, complete person, and then a fucking monster to these ten people that he murdered. Yeah, but I feel like that's the the thing is that there. I feel like there's a lot of serial killers like that. There like are. They're just so oh, good sure. at lying. Yeah, and they're so narcissistic, and it's almost like. They've got these insane sociopathic tendencies yeah. where they can put those feelings aside to be a completely different person. Right. It's just so and wild. As as a kid who's, I mean, we're obviously, there's people fascinated with true crime, but right. it's a different thing, like, if it's somebody that you, pers like, your dad or your, gra your grandpa or, right. like, someone you grew right. up with, like, it would be really hard to look them in the face ever oh, right. again oh, without right. just having an absolute mental breakdown or rage or anything all else. All the above. All the emotions. So... I can't even imagine. Yeah. But please turn in your family members if you find out they're murdering people. Like, that's yes. the right thing to do. Absolutely. And I do think it's telling that... Because they stayed away from him after yeah. having a good childhood, that it kind of shows like they really didn't have any idea. Right. Because if they did, they they'd shocked. probably come off as a little more Accepting. loving. Yeah, yeah. And approach yeah. like. They're like, oh, Dad was kind of a weirdo. Yeah. Not so really we visit surprised. him in prison every five years right. or something. Right. No. Right. No. No. So, fast forward. So, we were talking about 1991. We are jumping a whole, what it, would it be, 13 years to 2004. Okay. Okay? This is when all the crazy mind games and the letters and all of that. But I have to document it all and talk about it all because it's just so fascinating. So, 2004, all of BTK's murders were, again, considered cold cases. 
Uh, he initiated communication to the local media at this time. And again, he's not even... A, he doesn't even get arrested until February 2005. So an entire year, he was just antagonizing Wichita police. March 2004, the Wichita Eagle, which was just like a local newspaper, uh, received a letter stating uh, that they were Bill Thomas Kilman, so BTK, and this person claimed to have murdered a woman whose case was a cold case from 19. 86. In the letter, he included pictures of the woman being bonded and tortured and the crime scene, as well as her driver's license. Oh, shit. May 2004, KAKE station, again the local news station in Wichita, received a letter um, with chapter headings. And it said, the BTK story is what he wanted the book to be called. There were fake IDs included in this, as well as different word puzzles throughout. Got the it. Mm -hmm. June 9th, same year, a package was found taped to a stop sign at a corner in Wichita. Um, it had graphic descriptions of the family of four that he had murdered his first murder, and a sketch labeled, The Sexual Thrill is My Bill. Also was the chapter listing of this proposed book that he wanted written about him, the BTK story. Wow. That yeah. is bold. It is bold. And it, it just gets better. July, so again, two months later, uh, a package was dropped in the return slot of the poor public library, which it does. God, this library. library needs to like examine everyone every that comes yeah. into its yeah. facility. So in the return slot, there was a package and it had a letter in it claiming that BTK was responsible for a 19-year-old boy's death in Argonia, Kansas. However, the claim was fake because the boy committed suicide. So, mm. at this time, he is not getting the media attention that he wants. Right. So, he's, so like, he's taking just anything. fishing for anything that he could possibly try to get attention for. Can you imagine, one, you've already committed murder, but now you... You're, like, not wanting enough, to get So, caught. you, like, want to admit to other things? Yeah. Other murders? Or yeah. Or deaths? Yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird. So, October... You know, a couple months later, a manila envelope was dropped into a UPS box in Wichita. It had cards of BDSM images of children, which is fucked up, um, and a poem threatening the lead investigator's life. There was also a false autobiography that he had written about BTK's life in there what as the well. What the fuck? First off... And yeah. also, I keep thinking this whole time, like, he's also functioning as a family man. Yeah. So where the fuck is he father. finding this time right. to write all of this shit? Like, what was his excuse? Oh, I'm working down in my shop? Like, Yeah. I don't know. Oh, my God. It's just wild. Hey, at least he's not killing people. He's just antagonizing the police. Yeah, that's true. December, so two months later, Wichita police received another package from the BTK killer. This time the package was found in a park. It was left on a park bench. Um, it had another driver's license of a woman that he had murdered and a doll, like a little 
doll that like kids play with okay. that was bound but also had a plastic bag over its head which was the same way that they found the woman's body oh my gosh that's so fucked up and i yeah. fe- i feel like things like that are traceable like oh, the doll you would think but there was no dna well i know but, oh, like, but like who bought this who bought doll? the doll where yeah. what store did this come from yeah. okay check every yeah. let's say it's walmart check every walmart within like a yeah. 50 mile radius right watch the camera you would think you would think January, so the following month, uh, he attempted to leave a cereal box in the bed of a truck at Home Depot. The guy came out of Home Depot, saw this fucking cereal box in the back of his truck, and threw it in the dumpster. He's like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. is this? Like, why is someone throwing trash in my, you know, whatever. Um, In that box, though, it had another... uh, Wait, sorry, I got lost. Sorry. No, it didn't have a license in there. Uh, but the box was found in the trash later because the police were kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Um, they were kind of like trying to investigate who was dropping off these packages at this time Mm -hmm. and trying to look at surveillance footage. So because nobody found this cereal box and it was thrown in the trash, he sent a letter directly to the police department saying, Hey, I put this box in the back of this truck. Why haven't you gotten right. it? Right. So they went to the Home Depot parking lot and looked in the trash can and they found the box. They also checked the surveillance tapes and saw a figure. Obviously, we're talking about the early 2000s, so the cameras aren't anywhere right. near where they are right now. They saw a figure walking, putting the cereal box in the back of the truck, and then going into a black Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yes. Also, I told you about this a couple weeks ago. I think it's on Hulu or Prime, one of the two, where there's mm-hmm. a fantastic, like, I think it's like a mockumentary of BTK, and yeah. this is a big part in it. It is. And that poor guy, at least how it was, like, portrayed, whose truck that got thrown into, mm-hmm. he's literally was just like, you know, what the fuck, throw it in the trash, just like yeah. you said. But... He is so lucky that he didn't get pegged for that. Yeah. And he immediately was like, hey, he Wait went direct to the place. I had the cereal box. I thought it was so weird. Right. I can tell you where it is. Yeah, like, because his DNA was on it. All and over so, it. Exactly. You're right. Whenever they went and got that cereal box, mm-hmm. his fingerprints were the only ones on that box. Yeah. And so they initially went to him and they were like, what the fuck? But can you imagine what the right. story would have been if he wouldn't have... Let's say he, like, forgot right. that that happened. Right. But then the police ended up finding the box, and they'd be yeah. like, well, why didn't you turn this in? It's been all over the news. Do yeah. you think that was weird? Well, your DNA is all over it. Like, that could have ended very, could have ended very, very badly bad. for him. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he remembered. Yeah. Um, and yeah. kind of, like, not turned himself in, but right. turned the account into the police. Right. But, well, and the surveillance footage helped him because yeah. they saw BTK, who was Dennis Rader, get out of his yeah. black Jeep Cherokee and put it in the truck and get right back in the car. Which I'm pretty sure this documentary showed the actual footage of yeah. that, and it is so hard. Like, all I yeah. could really tell was it was a black vehicle. Yeah, like, you it was can't so even tell hard. that it's a Jeep Cherokee. No. It's so hard to tell. And the person, obviously, the more zoomed you get in, the more pixelated you get, and it yeah. it was just awful footage. It's just a so. figure. Yeah. I mean, it's better than nothing, but... But still. So the next month, February 2005, more postcards and more letters are sent to the news station. 
and the police department. Another cereal box was left with another doll that was bound. Um, and a lot of these letters to the police, BTK is asking in these letters, can I be traced if I send you everything on a floppy disk? And yes, we still had floppy disks at this time. Yes. In 2005. And for those of you that don't know what they are because you are too young, Google it. They're Many, a lot of fun. They, they were, were colorful. Yes. Like, they made these like little clicky noises. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Very satisfying yeah. little pieces of plastic. Absolutely. <laughs> I loved them. Yeah. Loved them. <gasps> So the police finally answered his question because he had written it multiple times on postcards and letters and they wrote, they answered his question by responding in the local newspaper and it mm -hmm. said it would be safe to use the floppy disk, but knowing damn well that it wouldn't be safe because they would be able to track him. Which again, like I know we're not talking about someone of above average intelligence, but like, come on, like, Technology. in fact, I watched it with a friend, and he was like, they couldn't trace floppy disks. And I'm like, but the files, they I don't, could. the files on the floppy disk, they could. They trace. could. Yeah, right. it's kind of like if you have a CD yeah. with, like, music on it. You can't You can't trace the from. CD, but if you, like, yeah. dig into the files, yeah, you, you absolutely can. Yeah. Um, and, like, I just feel like that's basic knowledge. Oh, absolutely. I don't feel like you have to be a genius to no, know that. No, to know that. I know. Like, why would he risk it? I, I mean, I'm glad he did. Thank I you know. for doing that. But right. Like, so, the next, or technically that same month, just a couple weeks later, he sent a purple floppy disk. Purple? Purple. To uh, another TV station or news station in Wichita. Um, as well as in this package were gold-colored necklaces, one with a very large, like, medallion on it. So it was one that he had stolen, you know, or taken from one of his victims. And a photo of a cover of a book called Rules of Prey, which is a book about serial killers. Um, so that was, again, a couple weeks later. Police found the metadata that was enclosed in this floppy disk from deleted files, uh, particularly one deleted Word document, which contained the words Christ Lutheran Church, which was a local church in Wichita, and the, docu the document was last modified by a named, by a name, Dennis. So a quick Google search, they Google searched the church, and they Google searched Dennis, and found... Boom. Boom. Dennis Rader was the president of the church council and he had the same vehicle licensed to him so the police decide to drive by his house one day mm -hmm. and boom they see a black jeep cherokee in the driveway that's got to be the greatest feeling in the world now although it was circumstantial there was no evidence connecting him to any crime so, they got, uh... How is the floppy disk not enough evidence? Well, yeah. because it's hearsay. Anyone can say that they committed a murder. But there's no factual evidence. But he had, like, the them. jewelry... Well, they hadn't searched his house yet. Oh, okay. They just can't go and arrest him because he but turned then in a with, floppy disk. But with the floppy disk, didn't he send in jewelry? Yes, he did have jewelry. So, it's like... 
But at the time, I think what I remember reading, it was from one of his victims, but the police didn't know that. They were like, why am I getting this fucking necklace? Oh, okay, got it. Because there's no DNA on it. Exactly. There's no DNA. Why is this necklace part of this package? Got it. Right? So, police obtained a search warrant. This is so interesting. I don't know if you know this. But police obtained a search warrant to a pap smear that his daughter had gotten... At a local clinic, the DNA showed that his daughter's DNA was a familial match of a DNA sample that was pulling from one of the victims from underneath their nails. Oh my god. Yes. That is disgusting and fascinating. Yeah. Wow. A freaking pap smear. So, FYI, ladies... They're you saving are, that shit. They are saving that pap smear DNA. Yeah, which is <laughs> sick. I know. Gross. So because there was a familial match, they were able to arrest Dennis. Wow. I know. I know. So February 25th, so just 10 days later, uh, he was arrested driving near his home. The officer said, quoted Mr. Reader, do you know why you're going downtown? And he said, oh, I have suspicions why. <laughs> well, it's one of three things. Well, yeah. Okay. Which which murder do you want yeah. me for? Yeah. Exactly. Who did I torture now? Who did I kill this Gosh. time? Like, mm, yeah. what if he was like, yeah, I have this uh, speeding ticket I didn't pay off. I knew I had a warrant. Like, yeah. Oh my like, God. No. I said torture, by the way. Oh. So, uh, the detectives searched Dennis's home, his work, his church. They seized a lot of evidence, including, you know, some of the pieces, the garments that he took from the victims or other little things here and there. The following morning, the police chief, you know, said, bottom line, BTK is arrested. That's all that matters. Not going to answer any questions. He's yeah. fucking arrested. Like, like, leave me alone. Let us do our work. Let us right. do the investigation. Three days later, literally, this is fucking wild. Only three days later, he was charged with ten counts of first-degree murder. Whoa. Ten counts. Uh, March 1, Dennis had a $10 million bail set and only a public defender. Uh, May 3rd, sorry, that was May 1, not March 1. May 1. Now, March 3rd. God, I can't talk. No, other way. May 3rd. <laughs> champagne's hitting me. Yeah. May 3rd, the judge entered a not guilty plea, you know, on the behalf of Dennis. He was initially saying that, you know, he didn't do it. However, the following month, June 27th, he changed his plea to guilty. And he described all 10 murders in detail with zero emotion. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It is said, too, from the defense attorneys that a lot of his attorneys, too, or public defenders, had to walk out of the room occasionally while he is explaining the heinous, torturing acts that he did to his victims. Yeah. Which is just wild. Couple weeks later, July fifteenth, uh, Dennis's wife Paula was granted an emergency divorce. Um, Thank God, she, I know she didn't really talk a lot about him or about any of this, even after the fact. Um, the kids more so did his. One of his brothers did. His mom did, and we'll talk a little bit about that. 
The following month, uh, August 18th, at sentencing, the victim's families made statements. Um, it said that Dennis apologized by a rambling 30-minute speech, and the prosecutor attorney, from what I read, I don't know if this is true, but I hope it's true, he stood up and he clapped, and he said, you should get an Academy Award for that speech, because it was just fucking terrible and no emotion. Yeah. Well, and I, if I'm remembering it right, yeah. at least from the mockumentary, it's like, it was, it was almost like he was bragging through the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, he was. And, um, like, explaining himself. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just a bunch of rambling. Yeah. And so fucking long. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, he was sentenced to 10 consecutive consecutive life sentence with a life sentences with a minimum of 175 years um he's still alive today in el dorado correction facility and he is in solitary confinement um so he gets one hour of exercise a day and three showers a week but in 2006 the next year due to good behavior because he's a good boy um he got access to tv radio books and magazines so Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he went through a major reformation. Right. Like, Whatever. good behavior after you've murdered people? What does and that even mean? And only being there for not even, like, a year? And, like, like, I understand you can get into trouble in prison, but it's like, but after you've murdered ten people, what exactly do you consider good behavior? Right. Like, not murdering people? Yeah, not He's in jail. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, you know, as we know, a lot of, like, movies and shows have been written from mm -hmm. this story, particularly if you've seen Mindhunter. Mindhunter, there's a couple of episodes about him where he's an ADT installer and all that, which is kind of crazy. Um, Stephen King even wrote a book and a film called A Good Marriage, which talks about Dennis Rader, mm -hmm. literally everything about Dennis Rader. Um, there's a couple of shows like Criminal Minds, Law and Order SVU, you know, that talk about him and portray, you know, the actors as him. And, uh, you know, many other movies and shows are written off of him. I'm not saying that it's a good thing, but. No, but they're fascinating. There's some really, really very, interesting very ones. Very fascinating. Yeah, yeah. very fascinating. Um, want to talk a little bit about, like, after getting, you know, or after him being in prison for a while, because people are just interested, you know? So his daughter, Carrie, did an interview with 2020, and she also wrote a book called A Serial Killer's Daughter, My Story of Faith, Love, and Overcoming. Um, after she did this interview with 2020, like, talking about her life and talking about her dad and talking about how you know, they found out and everything, which is actually kind of fucked up. So she was like 26 or 27 at the time when her father was arrested. An FBI agent came to her house, banged on her door and said, are you so-and-so? And she said, yeah. And she said, do you know who BTK is? And she said, like the murderer, like the serial killer from the seventies. And he's like, yeah, it's your dad. Oh, <laughs> she's like, what? Wow. Yeah. That's awful. That is awful. And she's like, wait, what? He, he's like, yeah, it's your dad. We have your dad, Dennis Rader, in custody right now. We need you to come with us. Oh, my God. Like, 
How? I would have been like, whoa, whoa, you can. Wait a second. One, lawyer. Take your shoes off at the door. <laughs> yeah. And check your attitude and come back and knock on my door and act like a normal fucking human being. Yeah. Like, like what the hell? Can you imagine? Yeah, messed up. So, um, but she, you know, was in this interview and Dennis, obviously, because he was a good boy and he got privileges. Uh, he was able to watch the interview on 2020, and he re he read her book. Um, he wrote a letter to 2020, though, and it was a very long, rambling letter. It said to be, like, five-plus pages long. And 2020 says, like, quotes, he said in the letter, throughout the letter, I think uh, this will help her deal with a deep-cut wound and be able to tell others her story. He also said, you may love and live, which I thought that was kind of weird. Oh, that's where we get live, laugh, love. Right. <laughs> From BTK. Yeah. He also said a quota, which I thought was kind of crazy, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like, apparently he said that many times. Okay. Um, he also said that he had chosen and been planning on his 11th victim, and he wanted to call her his retirement victim. Because he was just getting too old to even think about killing, wanted to stay BTK and wanted to remain BTK and get the, um, you know, like the publicity of it, but didn't want to actually act on it. And wow. here's where he said that he had been possessed by two demons, uh, Batter being the first demon and Factor X being the second Batter demon. Batter is like the name? Yeah. Oh. The names of the demons were Batter and then Factor X. And he said anytime he committed these terrible crimes and, you know, the vicious activities, including the torture, it was because of them. They were possessing Interesting. him. Hmm. Okay. Whatever. Dennis's mom and brother were shocked as well as the entire family to hear that Dennis was BTK. They said, quoted the brother, Jeff said, I don't think my brother is BTK, but if he is, that's the truth. And let the truth be known, and may God have mercy on his soul. May God not have mercy on his soul. I hope he rots in hell. I know. And then I'm going to end the story with Dr. Leary, the psychiatrist, again, who interviewed him for six years uh, in prison. This is wild, and it's a long quote, but um, he said... He is also narcissistic. The very, very strong need to be recognized. He was upset that he didn't find that they didn't find him and recognize him and give him the credit in the press for what he did, even though they hadn't identified him. But he was really thirsty for that kind of publicity of sorts. Um, he also said, "This is outside of his quote." He also said. The truth of what caused Dennis to become BTK is a mystery, and we will never fully know. Again, talked with Dennis for six years. He said, quoted, I don't think he told me everything, and I don't think he always told me the truth. But I think I got Raider pretty well, meaning he knows him pretty well. He also said, it had been to have, it had to have been in the family, or it could have been an uncle, or even an aunt. What makes me think so what makes me think so is this frequency of cruel behavior. You could be subjected to cruel behavior once or twice or maybe even three times. But if it is sustained on a regular basis, 
then it ends up then they end up engaging and incorporating into your behavior and into that repertoire these behaviors more permanently and especially in such an early age so something awful happened here and we still don't know it's a puzzle and it always will be shit well, that was going to kind of be my thing is he wanted so badly for people to know his story and know who he was that it's kind of shocking that he right. hasn't right. told anyone what happened to him or, like, why he is this way or even right. made up a lie about, right. like, being abused or whatever as a kid. Yeah, and, you know, in interviews he says, I was never molested. I was never abused. My family is great. It's like, well, what the fuck happened? And it kind of goes back to, like, Richard Ramirez, you know, mm -hmm. that psychiatrist said he was made to be a serial killer. Mm -hmm. He wasn't there was born. There was, like, no chance. Yeah, he wasn't born. Was Dennis just, like, born to be this way? Like, it's just weird. There's a mil million-dollar question. Yeah, million-dollar question is, why? Wow. Why? Crazy. Yeah, so that is the story of uh, BTK, kids. Wow. I know. Wild, huh? It's insane. And again, we go back. We always make jokes about the 70s, but what happened? What the <laughs> fuck happened in the 70s? What was happening? Yeah, what was in the water? Were they, like, pumping the water full of, like, fluoride and mercury or what the fuck? And what's crazy to me is, like, it took until the 21st century, basically, for us to start discussing mental health, even though the 70s were kind of the time of, like, yeah. spirituality. I feel like mental health can play into that. Like, yes. taking care of your mind and your body and all of this. So I'm like, why right. are people in the 70s, like, exploring the mental health aspect of life? It's almost like they, they completely ignored it. Well, I think they completely ignored it. I just don't think that it was, like, such a big thing until after all these serial killers happened. They're like, yeah. whoa, wait a second. <laughs> people are fucked up. Yeah. We should start looking at people's brains. We, yeah, we need to see what the fuck's going on here. Yeah. Oh, psychiatrists? Is that what you do? Is that what you do? Okay. You we literally need to, study we need to get to brain. work. Get to work right now. <laughs> like, and also make up for the past... 100 years of yes. what we've ignored. Fucking A. Yeah, it's wild, man. Jeez, wow. Wild. Such a good one. It is a good one. It's a classic. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. Yes. We'll start with Patreon. Yes. Um, I just made like three back-to-back -back rapid posts on our Patreon today. Um, asking you guys questions, getting caught up on the changes of everything. So go to our website, something sinisterpodcast.com there's yes. a link to our patreon yes you can subscribe and answer questions or you can make like a dollar donation and still have access yep. to like all the polls and stuff that we do and some behind the scenes pictures and whatnot you should do so it. go check it out yeah and check up our continued sponsor colorupco.com color up cbd for organic and natural skincare dog supplements, all the CBD needs that you need. Use code SINISTER20 to get 20% off of your order. Oh, yeah. And then we will see you for our Aries. Woo! We're moving into Aries, which is the best zodiac, in my opinion. Taurus. So. <laughs> Taurus is the best. So we'll see you next week for yes. our first Aries it's basically her spirit animal, but it whatever. Anyway. Wait, the serial killer or the Aries? Serial killer. Oh, okay, got it. Stay sinister, y'all. Bye.